Welcome to Healthcare Experience Matters. This podcast is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation and is dedicated to transforming the healthcare experience so that every person can receive and deliver the best care. We invite you to learn more by visiting healthcareexperience.org. My name is Katie Owens. I get to serve as our president and co-founder here at Healthcare Experience Foundation. We're focusing our time and attention around supporting and equipping you with strategies to better prepare your residents, physicians, and physician leaders through enrichment programming. And I'm thrilled to be teaming today with Drs. George Mazel and Dr. Rob Minkus from our team. Just a moment, I'm excited for you to get to meet our physician coaching team, Dr. Mazel, Dr. Minkus. Let me get out of the way and ask Dr. Mazel to introduce yourself first. Thanks, Katie. Uh, welcome, everyone. My name is Dr. George Maisel. Uh, brief introduction, my background's internal medicine geriatrics. I was in practice for oh, about a dozen years, give or take, and then moved over to the dark, dark side at one of the payers for many years. And then also from there was uh, chief medical officer at a number of hospitals, system level in a bunch of different cities, CEO of a clinically integrated network, and then consultant at uh, chief clinical officer at Vizient Southeast for a while. And again, happy to be working with Katie, who she and I go way back for, for many years now, uh, doing a lot of coaching, a lot of physician leadership, a lot of patient experience stuff, which has uh, been great fun. Thanks, Katie. Yeah. Hello. Welcome, everybody. I'm Rob Minkus, and my background is in general and pediatric surgery. I spent uh, over 20 years in clinical practice and have been in uh, healthcare leadership for over 20 years also. Currently, I'm a full-time uh, physician coach and consultant and have been working with uh, Katie and George and the team for three years at the organization I worked with on patient experience and uh, joined the team uh, during uh, the end of last year. So happy to be here. Yeah. And Rob, you notice I was careful not telling everybody how many years I did each thing so they could add them up. (laughs) You weren't so careful. (laughs) Concurrent, concurrent years. There you go. (laughs) We put this program together a number of years ago. And really, the goal was to help residents and ultimately attendings and faculty um, get better at all the stuff that's not clinical medicine. As you know, most of us don't get trained in that, in that those kind of things. And so we wanted to sort of focus on all that stuff that makes you a better doctor, helps you with resiliency and burnout, and gets you to the finish line um, that's, that's not, you know, the clinical knowledge that we all need. And, you know, you can see from the, the graphics on the right, we had great results. Um, look at the significant improvement in all those categories of ACGME um, that are measured. All those are are plus, plus, plus um, some great results, which we'll go into a little bit more detail later. And again, the the verbatims on the left side, um, helpful and help me foster my leadership skills. We spent some time on that. Key takeaways for me were, you know, just reminding folks of the compassion and the empathy and um, things that we all went into medicine with, but sometimes get lost, especially in in a couple of COVID years. And then also sort of getting docs and residents and students to sort of think about um, emotional intelligence and things um, that are really um, go along with IQ and, and clinical knowledge to make them a great clinician and to get you know better outcomes from patients. So that's sort of, that's the takeaway message here. 
Diving down sort of into a little more detail here, these are some of the topics that we really spent some time on. And as you know, uh, diversity, equity, and inclusion are huge issues right now. Everybody's focusing on them. You know, how do we get better to understand our own biases and, and really make sure that we're getting the best results um, with folks that are different than us and how we communicate? Um, we talked about healthy conflict and giving feedback, certainly some things that, um, again, critical to being um, in the learning journey of as a physician and um, physician, you know, any type of clinician, but really aren't taught. Um, patient experience, again, how to, how to do a better job. And we know it takes time. You know, we're not trying to, we didn't very intentionally focused on things that we're not going to add time to the clinician visit. Uh, emotional intelligence, I already mentioned, teamwork. And then, of course, um, we all know burnout resiliency is a huge issue, even starting at med students and residents and going into, you know, in physicians and practice. And again, any tools we can give folks to help uh, mitigate some of that risk um, is highly valued. And again, will we'll show great returns in the long run. And one of the things we found in teaching the residents is that the faculty came back and said, you know, we thought we knew all this stuff, but you know, we didn't know this as well as we thought we did. So again, um, that was very helpful. And then we went, you know, backwards and said, okay, let's work the faculty into some of the educational process. Because again, as you know, in, in, in medical school and residency, the focus is on understanding the clinical care and, and sometimes not the delivery of care. And, and that's what this program really focused on. So if we uh, take a couple moments to reflect on the current state, it's no surprise to anyone here. You can't uh, open up a health-related email or journal or program and not hear about uh, the current crisis we have in healthcare and trying to balance uh, uh, healthcare-related well-being and, and really successful outcomes. In this slide, uh, shows the 2022 data from the Mayo Wellbeing Index. They had over 110,000 participants. And what this illustrates that those who are uh, at a high level of distress for physicians, that's over 38% residents and fellows, 20% medical students, over 30% APPs near there, that the risk of burnout is quite high, anywhere from three to nine times higher. And this uh, relates also to an overall poor quality of life, recent medical error risk. And you can see for re uh, residents and physicians, it, there's an increase in uh, suicide risk. And for medical students and APPs, they're thinking about quitting. And we know the crisis. Uh, and this also carries into nursing. So we're, we really are in a state of crisis uh, where we believe that you know we have to change the focus, do things a little bit differently. And here's a great a quote from Dr. Maisel, where he points out that we're working to really work on these non-clinical behaviors and skills so we can not just be better uh, physicians, which we will be, but really to mitigate some of these risks and to be better prepared to deal with this as we go into practice. It's about making happier patients with better experience and happier doctors who can focus on what uh, we need to do for success. So this gets to uh, really our why, and that's the heart of the matter of doing what we do. It's focusing on these core human 
qualities that will uh, enrich our lives to better be able to focus on the important outcomes. So we know that physician burnout has been steadily increasing. And here's a study by Dr. Maisel showing an increase from 2011 to 2014 in the components, the defined components of burnout. And we know there's more recent data showing that burnout is upwards of 60%. For example, uh, some of the data from that Mayo burnout study shows that that there are uh, that the burnout is high across the board. In addition, uh, uh, residents experience at least one of these symptoms, and it's higher than forty five percent now. And key to this, there's also emotional problems related to anxiety and stress, and uh, uh, even depression. This is important for organizations because the well-being of our physicians really relates to the patient experience overall, and uh, uh, physician loyalty is dependent on our administration's responsiveness, uh, how we care for our patients, and really how we relate our patient uh, care relative to safety issues. And we're all working for the quadruple aim, and we believe that going beyond uh the framework of a quadruple aim and recognizing the problems that we have real solutions to help to intervene. So we know that this has been a problem even before COVID and COVID has just escalated uh, uh, the, the issue. So emotional exhaustion, everybody is tired, right? But we've gone beyond tired. This, it, it's impacting our well-being, right? We have low personal accomplishment, even though there's meaning in the work that we do, it, it, it impacts us very deeply in the way that we interact with others. And we have trouble relating to the patient. So empathy and compassion are at risk with this current crisis. And so burnout might not be the right term because there are so many components. And I'm going to ask Dr. Maisel if he can uh, share his thoughts and take us to the next section. Yeah. Um, you know, the whole term burnout really kind of offends me and, and offends, I think, most clinicians and physicians because, you know, we're a pretty resilient group. You know, we went through, you know, med school, we went to residency, we, we, we had a lot of sleepless nights. We're a pretty resilient group. So to say, and burnout sort of implies sort of a personal failing. And again, it's the wrong term. We use it because everybody knows what it means, but this is really a mismatch. It's, it's really more about disillusionment. The term moral injury has been kicked around because um, it's really not about taking care of patients that is making everything challenging. It's all the stuff that gets in the way, the insurance plans, the payment models, some of this clinic staffing models, some of the new employment models with um, private equity and what we call pay providers involved and hospitals. I mean, all these things, and again, you know, they're all a little bit different, but they all can and sometimes do get in the way of taking good care of patients. And that's the stuff that's causing physicians to burn out. So we'll use that term. I don't like the term, but um, it is sort of people know it and understand it, but I think it's really the wrong term for, for what we're talking about here. So now we're going to shift a little bit and sort of talk about, um, you know, sort of matching this up to the ACGME standards. And as we do that, we look, we really look back, as I think Rob mentioned, um, physicians and providers we spent all this time learning about the Krebs cycle and learning about congestive heart failure and, and whatever, um, but we don't spend any time really in medical school talking about taking care of patients, talking about the business side of medicine, and talking about leadership. 
And again, I think we have to acknowledge that when we talk about business, we're not necessarily talking about business in the sense of, of business and management. We're talking about how to get good care for patients, you know, how to deal with patients in difficult situations, um, and all the things that go around being a great clinician um, that don't have to do with being clinically skilled and clinically excellent. We all know docs out there that people love and think are wonderful physicians, and they may or may not be the best clinicians, but they're the best, sometimes the best folks that relate to people. Um, so what we want to do is match those skills together. And I, I like this diagram because I think it's very illustrative. And I always start at the bottom here because that sort of makes the most sense to me. When you're a medical student, most of your knowledge and, and time and energy is all understanding the clinical stuff. So it's all that technical understanding, all the disease process, understanding you know how to diagnose, understanding how to treat. As you move up to be a resident, ultimately an attending, you can see the technical stuff gets a little bit smaller and some of the relationship stuff gets bigger. And this is a relationship with patients, this is a relationship with peers, relationship at the hospital level with the staff there, maybe relationship with payers, you know, all those things that get things done in healthcare. And then as you move up to more leadership roles, we see that business and strategy take over because you have to understand, you know, other things besides um, just the, the technical side. And I always sort of talked about, you know, physicians leadership is, you know, as you get in a leadership role, you're, you're an inch deep and a mile wide rather than a mile deep and an inch wide. You're still providing great care for patients, but in, in a very different way. Um, and we're all leaders. Even if you're in a, you know, resident, you still have med students under you. If you're an attending, you have a team under you also, even when you're in practice in the hospital, perhaps the hospitalist, you're working with a team of nurses and, and APPs and, and phlebotomists and re respiratory technologists and so on. So you're always, that leadership sometimes really gets lost and it's something you really can learn. It, even, you know, some people are born with it, which is great, but they can get better. And some people could get really good at it just by learning how to do it well. So those are some of the things that we talked to um, residents and attendings of this program went on. We were at the ACGMA conference a couple of weeks back in Nashville and must have had 30 conversations over uh, this slide, which, which was visible to everyone, which compares some of these core human competencies with uh, the core competencies from the ACGME, which are lift, listed on the left. As you can see that what we're doing is not the medical knowledge. We've been pretty good at passing on medical knowledge in medical school and residency and preparing physicians for the technical aspects of being a physician. But if you look at the skills, emotional intelligence, communication, compassion, and empathy, dealing with conflict and teamwork, diversity, equity, inclusion, and belonging, and, uh, and also seminars that focus on these uh, really help to augment the uh, four competencies from the ACGME. Uh, I have a colleague who uh, we just uh, were talking recently who is a physician, internal medicine physician, who uh, worked on many of these aspects and, and noticed an incredible increase in his patient experience scores. And his takeaway wasn't that these, these things make a big difference. His takeaway was that he thought he was already doing a good job with it. And so there's so much more and so many more opportunities we, we have in this areas. So that being said, with this as a backdrop, we'd like to launch a poll uh, and ask 
of the skills that we've discussed so far, which do you believe that your uh, physicians and residents would most benefit from? Well, interesting results here because uh, diversity, equity, inclusion sort of uh, uh, is the, um, and healthy conflict and teaming are the sort of two two outstanding ones and then the other ones are sort of all all there and again i think you know i think we would acknowledge all of these are important and prioritize them is probably a, a little bit academic more than because you, you you sort of need them all mm-hmm. um the other thing i think i wanted to add that, that rob mentioned for what rob mentioned um about patient experience the other thing we know is when patients have a better experience generally the physician has a better experience too and i think that's kind of an important thing so Physicians tended to be more satisfied um, when their patients had a better experience. So um, it's not one-sided. Okay, let's talk a little bit about learning priorities. And again, we sort of already sort of mentioned some of these things. One of the things we, you know, we wanted to do is really, you know, as we built this program, you know, there was a lot of iterations to this program, you know, working with the stakeholders, since this was sort of new stuff, um, and then circling back. Um, as we learn things, and then, you know, really a train the trainer mode, as already mentioned, we started with this with some of the residents, and then a lot of the attending folks, physicians and others felt like, oh, wow, there's an opportunity, we don't know as much as we thought we did. So let's do some programs for for them as well. Um, And then we've also, in in other situations, other areas done these programs where we've had joint um, uh, programs with APPs and physicians, which really, um, really add some value in teamwork training um, since, as you know, uh, healthcare delivery is really becoming a team sport. Um, so um, a lot of exercises. These are a lot of um, open mic sessions. It was a little challenging to do some of these over COVID um, because it, it changed from the in-person to um, to virtual in, in pretty much all cases. And, um, you know, a lot of breakout sessions and a lot of discussions. And you can see some of the things on the right side of this um, on the exercises that, that we did. And you can see year one up at the left side and year two and three at the right side. And you can see a lot of the, you know, looking at leadership, looking at emotional intelligence, looking at compassion and communications um, early on and then later in the later years, again, leadership, resiliency, teamwork, professionalism psychological safety, service recovery, key performance measures, and diversity, equity, inclusion. And we also did some practical sessions on, you know, what happens when you when you leave residency and become um, an attending and some of the, the things that really change in that environment and some of the tools to deal with some of the new things that, uh, that those folks are now faced with. So again, a, a lot of iterations and feedback to these programs as we kept sort of um, getting feedback with each session and then making each session, hopefully more accommodating to the the, uh, audience's needs. And again, I think you can see it here. In addition to the the regular discussions, either on-site or virtual, um, there was also a lot of content online that was available with uh, small videos, small PowerPoints and other things, um, some survey items to evaluate one's own self um, in, in, in some things. And there's some a lot of online tools that folks could um, go on demand and evaluate. Rob? So uh, a, a big takeaway, I think, from here and from the ACGME was the common recognition that we all know there is an issue. And it's time to do things differently. That uh, 
we need to put the energy, the resources, and the organizational approach to making a difference. And this goes beyond just training our leaders. Many organizations train leaders. But what's most important is that we need to start with our medical students, with our residents, and with the faculty who are going to be interacting with them and can ultimately learn these skills and pass them along. That's been missing probably in healthcare training for the last 150 years, right? We've been doing it the same way uh, since modern day uh, residency programs existed. And so as George pointed out earlier, this is about well-being and results. They're tied together. And uh, he gave you the punchline at the beginning, but by making uh, uh, an organized uh, approach with the proper framework, we can make uh, a real difference in these categories. All right. And a reminder on the screen to say the date um, for the next webinar, Physician Onboarding and Retention. And we all know how critical onboarding is to keeping docs. And I last data I saw that losing a doc is cost the system about a million dollars for the, uh, well, I should say 250, 250,000 to a million dollars um, when you lose a physician in a big system. So, um, and onboarding is a big piece of keeping docs um, inside a system. So one question that came in about five minutes ago to me was, um, how did we work with the GME teams to incorporate this content into the resident education programming? I'll take first crack at that, but Katie, you're probably the best one to answer that. Um, a lot of it was back and forth dialogue. Um, the residency after we developed the curriculum based on sort of that that back and forth conversation, um, the residency directors um, gave the folks, uh, residents, some uh, protected time um, and a session and um, that we could actually meet and talk. We did, again, some in person, you know, pre-COVID and then post-COVID, we did a lot of virtual. Um, and then um, as we're sort of going back to doing some more in-person stuff now that uh, the world has opened up. Katie, you want to add to that? I think um, each GME program is unique. And in many instances, we work with time available on the GME calendar. In other instances, we are intentional to protect a half a day, a quarter, or a one-day semi-annual retreat and bundle the the programming based on what we learned through um, early diagnostic conversations. I think one other point, and, and Dr. Minkus, you saw this probably at ACGME considerably, also to create sustainability, we've implemented faculty train the trainer programs so that this content can be and with the faculty, with the GME team, so that the content can be sustained over time. And another thing that uh, I heard multiple times at the ACGME were that there are increasing requirements for didactic hours that they're looking for content even to fill it with. And it seems like this was the perfect opportunity to line these types of programs up with the hours that they have allotted. Thanks to all of you joining today and, and those of you that we know are watching on demand. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. To learn more, please visit healthcareexperience.org. That's healthcareexperience.org.